Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for better living through chemistry, presents the Cavalcade of America. Tonight's star, Louis Calhern. Mr. Calhern can currently be seen with Anne Harding in the Metro Goldwyn Mayer production, The Magnificent Yankee. Tonight's DuPont Cavalcade is called Whale Off and stars Louis Calhern as Samuel Mufford. Time, the early 1700s. Place, one of the coldest, loneliest coasts in America. The Amagansett Shore and the Hampton Plantations of Long Island. On a hummock above the surf stands a hut open to the freezing December winds, facing the great waves that pound in from Portugal. A watcher for whale peers into the wintry blast, and yonder, beyond the smother of the bar, his watch is rewarded. Two thin jets of water rise, fall, rise again. Stiff fingers fasten a square of cloth to a halyard, and up on a pole above the hut goes the wet, the signal. And into the Atlantic gale, the watcher hurls his own wild alarm. Stumbling headlong over the dunes toward East Hampton, the watcher hurries to bring his message of perilous work to be done. In the settlement as yet, all is quiet. At the home of Samuel Malford, we encounter a rare occasion. Sam has a visitor from New York. Young Mr. Weldon, a stranger traveling, he says, for travel's sake, has accepted the hospitality of East Hampton's leading citizen. And, uh... How many whales did you say, sir, were taken here last year? Well, I, di- I did not say, Mr. Weldon, as I remember. Goes against God to count whales. But, uh, surely, Mr. Mulford, some accounting is kept of these these thrilling captures, these royal fish. You must keep account books of some sort. No, 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 no books. Don't believe in them. Martha? Yes, cousin? Mr. Weldon would like some more Sam. To be sure. We'll make a real Long Islander of Mr. Weldon, yes. No, no, thank you, Miss Mulford. No more Sam, please. Uh, <coughs> sir, my curiosity concerning the whale fishery may seem strange to you and your cousin. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but, you see, I am writing a journal of my travels. Uh, Timothy, 
Where is that boy? Here I am, Father. Do you keep account books, Timothy? Have you been counting whales behind my back? No, Father. Matthew, now. Matthew, you suppose he keeps books? You boys wouldn't be deceiving your poor old father, would you? Putting numbers down on little books, eh? Ciphering Leviathan? Of course not, Father. Uh, you see, Mr. Weldon, no books. Oh, by the way, did I ever tell you about the fastest whale we ever struck? Why, no, I, I don't believe you did. Happened a brace of years back, just off Montauk Point. My, that was a fast-moving whale. Three full hours after we set our eye, an enemy was towing us so fast, two of the Indians had their hair blown off. I see. Oh, scalps, too, right to the bone. My cousin Jed, he lost his eyebrows. Saved his eyelashes, though. Yes, well, uh, I... Did I tell you our boat was painted green? Green? Green, indeed? Green, she was, sir. Green is green, a most green sort of green. Well, sir, after we'd been towed for five hours, faster and faster, I looked back over my shoulder, and there was another green boat following right in our way, coming directly upon us. Hadn't seen her before, didn't know where she could have come from. You know what had happened, Mr. Weldon? I'm sure I couldn't venture to... Uh... Took me some little time to work it out myself. What had happened was that whale had pulled us so dumb fast she'd pulled us right out of our paint. Yes. Yes. Uh, truly a, a, a marvel, sir. Oh, I yes. tell you. And, and I, I rather marvel even more that a man of your uh, advanced years should venture forth upon the deep in so perilous oh, an occupation. I, I, I don't hunt whales anymore. I'm just a poor, tired, old man, fit only to sit here by the fire and dream. I can't even keep books. More samp, Mr. Weldon. No, 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 I thank you, no. Better than roast beef, I always say. I heard nothing. But I did. I hear it first, always. Timothy, I'll wager the weft is up. Listen. Martha, wake up the Indians. See that they get their rum and head them for the beach. Tim, where's Matthew? Where's your brother, boy? It was Matt who was on what? Good, I'll meet the two of you at the boat. Off you go. Oh, oh, Mr. Weldon, you will excuse me, I'm sure. Martha will attend to your wishes as my guest. But, sir, you have just finished saying... Pardon that... me, sir. I have an appointment with a royal fish. Off him again, sir. My dear Mr. Weldon, you appear astonished. But your cousin said he... Mr. Mulford told me he was too My old My cousin to... is a most unusual old man. Unusual is scarcely the word. Why should he... Make well... a fool of you, Mr. Weldon. Make a... Well, of all the outrage... I shall leave at once. Do you Mr. not Mulford, wish I... to learn why Cousin Samuel spoke as he did? No. No, I do not. I... I... Well, why did he, Miss Mulford? Because he has known ever since you came to East Hampton three days ago that you are a spy for the royal governor in New York. Why, I... Yes, a spy, and worse, a tax collector. More Samp, Mr. Weldon. Samp, Samp, Maria, are you leaving us, Mr. Weldon? Confounded mush! Out through the icy surf go the village boats, out beyond the bar in December seas. 
on the track of the world's biggest game and the most dangerous. It is old Sam Mulford who leads the chase. And when the whales are killed and beached, it's Sam who presides. As the whole village, men, women, and children slice up the huge bulk at the cutting in and then cart the blubber away to be boiled. Mr. Weldon wouldn't care for the odor that rises from the great boiling kettles, but... Ah, beautiful. Beautiful as nothing like boiling blubber. A most satisfying aroma, friend Miller. I shall run to 48 barrels in my reckoning. Ah, good, good. Ah, Sam... Think you'll hear more from your guest, Mr. Weldon? Of a certainty, though not in his own person. I've fed him naught but cold porridge for three days. Oh. I told him Samp was the true and only food of whale chasers. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw him last, he was turning green. <laughs> well, it's scarcely hospitable, Sam. Hardly Christian charity. Oh, well... How did you know his purpose? Oh, it was easy to guess. I'd seen the poor toady mincing about the governor's palace when last I was in New York. A secretary, secretary, or some such dancer, prancer. Uh, the new governor will give us trouble, thank you. I'm sure of it. When Weldon makes his report to Governor Hunter, oh, yes, there'll be trouble, Dan. So, my dear Weldon, and in short, you have had occasion to use three full weeks in returning from the East Riding of Long Island. Uh, but, Your Excellency, the snows were most troublesome, and, and I was ill. A, a, a digestive disturbance, Your Excellency. A, a flux. Your report, sir, is entirely unsatisfactory. But I, I... I asked for exact account of the whale fishery. You bring me nothing but vague generalities. But, Your Excellency, these people are as close-mouthed as the very clams they dig. I could not learn the extent of their whaling, but that it still exists and flourishes, I saw with my own eyes. Well, they shall ignore my tax at their peril. Their, uh, leader, you say, is this, uh, Samuel Mulford. Oh, sir, a most eccentric old man, Your Excellency. Uh, we'll put a stop to his eccentricities, perhaps to his person. As for you, my dear Weldon, we shall require your services no longer. But, Your Excellency, wh where shall I go? To the devil, if you please, but take your silly pale chops out of my sight. <laughs> By order of His Excellency, the Royal Governor, a tax of one twentieth part is hereby decreed upon the product of all whalefish taken by Her Majesty's subjects in the plantations of East Hampton, South Hampton, and South Old. God save Queen Anne! Hear ye! Sam? Well, Donald? Scrap is crackling in the kettle now, Sam. What shall we do? Oh, some will pay the tax, some will cease to fish for whale. I can only speak for myself and for my sons. On your own course, Sam? I shall hunt whale, Donald, as long as I can lift a hopping iron, and I shall pay no tax on oil or bone. In our own government here, the taxes we levy upon ourselves, those taxes I pay. Not cheerfully, mind you, but willingly enough. This new tax, never voted by our people, 
has no right in the Queen's law. I fear the governor will make his own right. Let him read the patent by which we hold these lands from the old king. Seventy years ago, in that patent, it was written down, they shall have also right to go out upon the seas adjacent to their lands to take and kill whales and other fishes, and the captors to have all they kill. Well, think you the governor has read our patent? I shall call it most forcefully to his attention. If I am disturbed in my task of earning my bread upon the waters, I shall carry my plea, if it be necessary, to the Queen's own door in London town. After Governor Hunter's tax was proclaimed, Sam Mulford was elected by his neighbors to the New York Colonial Assembly, representing what was then called the East Riding of Yorkshire on Long Island. When he spoke against the governor, he was expelled by a subservient legislature and arrested for libel. When he took a whale and refused to pay the tax, he was harassed through four terms of court, denied a jury trial, convicted and fined for, quote, converting the queen's goods to his own use. The queen's goods. The queen's goods. Did the daughter of Jamie Stewart fashion the whales in the sea then and give them tails? Does she order them about and bid them sound or run with the lion as she pleases? Now, Samuel... It is an abomination, cousin. It is not to be borne. Still, it appears we must bear it. But not in silence. Not in silence. I will not be silenced. Cousin, I am going to London. But, Father, what good would it do? You alone among the great crowds at court, the great lords and... I can make myself heard and against it, Sir Timothy. I shall make myself heard in London. All right. Fear to say the words, Father, but. Uh... What? I'm too old? Is that it? I'm young enough to head a boat. I'm young enough to plunge a harping iron into the height of the great sea beast. But I'm too old to face down the lords of trade in London. The boy didn't mean that, cousin. I know what he wished to say. There's no money for passage. I'll harpoon the money. The Queen's offshore goods shall pay my way to the Queen's court. Dan Miller's sloop often goes to Newport. I'll walk from Newport to Boston. By heaven, Martha, I'm angry enough right now to roll from here to London. And back! You are listening to The Cavalcade of America, starring Louis Calhoun and sponsored by the DuPont Company, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. We continue the DuPont Cavalcade of America, starring Louis Calhoun as Sam Mulford. When Sam Mulford finally did reach London after actually walking from Newport to Boston, he was 71 years old, and Queen Anne was dead. Dead as Queen Anne. Among the ministers and the ministries of her successor, George I, Sam Mulford at the outset made little headway. Uh, the name once more, if you please, my good man. As I told you a half hour ago, my name is Samuel Mulford. I come from the East Riding of Yorkshire in North America upon a very important matter. I wish to see Lord Stanhope at once. Oh, my Lord Stanhope sees no one, 
save by previous appointment. Well, how can I have a previous appointment if you refuse to arrange one for me? Oh, tut, tut, my good man. I am never permitted to make engagements for my lord Stanhope. I regret to inform you, Mr. Mulford, that my lord Townsend can see no one. Uh, he is at present in chamber with my lord Stanhope. Mr. Sandys has informed me, sir, that Mr. Whitfield has told him that my lord Winters is at the moment taking the waters at Bath. So sorry. So sorry. Mr. Blake! Are you there? Huh? Mr. Blake, hold up! Oh, it's you, Mother. Uh, now, my good man... No, 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 I, don't uh, good man me. See here. I paid you 50 pounds to get me into the offices of the Lords of Trade. I find I'm still left to cool my heels at the door of every scented scoundrel in this gin-ridden, foul, godless cesspool of a town. Uh, patience, patience, my dear sir, patience. I, too, have been in search of you this day. <clears throat> a very good friend of Lord Stanhope's secretary... A lady, you understand, <laughs> has informed me that she can arrange an appointment at once. How much? Oh, a mere three pounds, sir. The lady is modest in her demands. Blake, if I didn't trust the people that sent me to you, I'd take you for a cheat. Well, however, when in Rome... Well, wait! Good Lord. Uh, what's wrong? My wallet, sir. It's gone. Stolen. Oh. Alas, my good Malford, in London our pickpockets at least are most efficient. Next day, Sam took another stroll along the teeming strand. Another pickpocket tried his luck on the tempting, countrified figure of Sam. But this time... Help! Help! Gotcha! Come along now. Which way to the officer of the watch? Oh. Come along. March! My dear, the old man is simply priceless. It seems he lined his pockets with fish hooks. Fish hooks, indeed. And he caught five thieves in one day, all between Fleet Street and St. Paul's. It's the talk of the town, really it is. And the stories he tells. You simply must meet old man Mulford at Lady Mary Montague's house tonight. Well, uh, do you know what had happened, Lady Mary? Mr. Malford, I haven't the faintest notion where that green boat came well, from. It took me some little time to work it out myself. What had happened was that whale had pulled us so dumb fast, he pulled us right out of our paint. Well, my lady? <laughs> I don't believe it, Mr. Malford. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you because it never happened. But you're the first person I've met in London, man or woman, who has doubted that cheap old tale. You're as clever as you are beautiful, m'lady. Oh. Why, you'd do fine in East Riding. Well, there's a pretty compliment. I fear you're learning our decadent ways, Mr. Malcolm. No, 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 not fast enough, m'lady. I've set myself to learn them, but it's slow work. Well, perhaps I can help you. No, oh. Yes, I think I can. The man you need to know is Sir Robert Walpole. Another, my lord? If you will excuse me, lady, no. Walpole's no prancing dandy of a favorite, Sam. I... May I call you Sam? Oh, please do. It sounds like home. Well, Sam, Walpole's the coming man. He's a tough Norfolk squire. He's not even a minister yet, but he's the power behind the throne. Oh, good. 
Do you know him, m'lady? Well, I know everyone of importance, Sam. That's my way of, well, of living. I think you understand. That's why I asked you to my house. Oh? I'm a manner of a, a, a talking bear, eh? A curiosity you've plucked out of the city's muck. Do you really mind, Sam? Yes. Yes, I do. I've put myself on exhibition. But only because I must to gain my end. But why should you help me? Because you had the same thing the whale had, Sam. The thing that made the whale pull the boat right out of its pace. <laughs> what might that be? Strength, Sam. Strength of character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can spare me the general picture, Mr. Mulford. I'm already familiar with the difficulties that have arisen between Governor Hunter and the whale fishery in the East Riding. No. Sir Robert... You are the first man I've met in London town who knows that the North American colonies even exist. Oh, really? Well, I have made the king's business my own business, sir. The lords of trade have received communications about you from Governor Hunter, and I've read them. The governor describes you as a troublesome old man. And he describes me well. I am a great disturber of the peace for governors, Sir Robert. <laughs> <laughs> did His Excellency have any other kind words to say uh, about Yes, me? yes, he did. Um, I'm afraid he says also that you are a crazy old man, Mr. Muffin. Hmm? Crazy enough to kill some 300-odd whales over 50 years offshore? No, really? Crazy enough to find you by way of Lady Mary Wortley Montague here in this foggy maze of London? It's crazy enough to try, Mulford. Well, that's the sort of madness I can enjoy, being somewhat mad in that same kind myself. Well, now, uh, Mulford, if you will prepare a memorial on the injustices you claim are exercised against the East Riding by Governor Hunter... I shall take care that your words receive a hearing in the House of Commons. Oh, good, fine. Yes, I'm afraid that will do you little or no good. Uh, save to cause a small stir by way of advertisement. But I shall also undertake to make sure that the king hears your cause, um, in German. Through a charming member of his German harem. That may help a little. But most important, I shall take, uh, certain other steps, uh, myself, which, uh, yes. Um, well, Muffet? Sir Robert. Yes? To me, sir, and you'll pardon a colonial bumpkin, to me you have the look of a gentleman who appreciates the joys of the table. <laughs> and? And come to the Long Island, sir. Come in the summertime. No whales, then. But our long-shore dinners. Clam chowder. Baked oysters, man. Steamed clams, yellow, sweet, roasted corn, lobsters, crab meat, ah, bluefish, buckets of beer. <laughs> old man, old man, almost you persuade me. But as I conceive it, I have another duty. It is my sad lot to sit here in Whitehall and appear foolish enough to guide these fools and their stupid German king. Well, if you should change your mind... Would you give me a seat in your boat, Sam, to hunt for whales? That I would, sir, that I would. I shall ever treasure the compliment. And now, good day. My regards to Lady Mary Montague. From this day forth, the tax on whalefish is remitted. 
The tax is remitted. Be it known to His Majesty's subject that it is ever the purpose of His Majesty and His ministers to sustain, forward, and encourage the taking of whale upon the coasts of the North American continent. God save King George. Hear ye! Well, Samuel, you are satisfied, I hope. Satisfied? Oh, yes, I suppose so. I'm glad to be home, and I'm so tired. Martha? Yes, Samuel. I am tired. Six months in London at my age, cowtowing, bowing here, bowing there. My lord, this, my lord, that. I, oh, I'm tired, cousin. Aren't we all, Samuel? Governor Hunter's out, Governor Burnett is in, so the world wags. Sam, five whale were taken between Montauk Point and First House. The week before you came back. Oh, I'm no good for the boats now, cousin. Too old. Too old. Can you see this old carcass in the surf? You remember Abigail Baker? She that married Daniel Hedges over in Sag Harbor? Oh, little Abby, to be sure. Last winter, riding the beach from here to Bridgehampton, Abby sighted 13 whale offshore. She gave the alarm. All 13 were taken. Abby's share came to a... Tidy some. Woman, woman, why do you plague me with whale? Can't you see I'm too old and too tired for the offshore game? If there were a thousand right whales breaching and scratching themselves now off Gansett, I'd sit right here. Hark! Martha? Yes, Samuel. Do you hear it, cousin? I hear the wind. Only the wind. The weft is up. The weft is up. I heard no cry. But I did. I did. Be quiet, woman. I hear it first, always. I still hear it first. Sam, you're not going. Yes, I've got to go, Martha, even if it's the last time. It may be the last time. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, uh, Goodbye, Martha. Goodbye, Sam. Take care of yourself. to Louis Calhern and the Cavalcade players for tonight's DuPont Cavalcade. Ladies and gentlemen, Louis Calhern. I know that my friends from stage and screen who have appeared on this program were as pleased as I was to learn that Cavalcade received another important Freedom's Foundation Award last week. Freedom's Foundation gave first place among radio programs to Cavalcade for its achievements in bringing about a better understanding of the American way of life. This is a top award, and I think you'll agree that it's deserved recognition for a fine program. Congratulations, Cavalcade. Thank you. Next week, the DuPont Cavalcade of America stars Robert Cummings with Juana Hernandez in the heartwarming story of the South, Uncle Yuri's Dollar. We invite you to listen. Tonight's DuPont Cavalcade was written by George H. Faulkner, based on material in the book Quail Off by Everett Joshua Edwards and Janet Edwards Rattray, and also from the book New England Whalers by J.R. Spears. Music was composed by Arden Cornwell, conducted by Donald Borries. The narrator, Cy Harris. The program was directed by John Zoller.
Don't forget next week, Robert Cummings and Juano Hernandez. The DuPont Cavalcade of America comes to you from the Belasco Theater in New York and is sponsored by the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. (laughs) 